welcome to the Fantasy Streamer Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to week number five of the Fantasy Streamer Podcast. The podcast that's going to help you win your leagues one stream at a time. Some pretty interesting matchups this week. Uh, I've had some really good games in the NFL too, so that always makes streaming even more enjoyable when you can um, watch the games and, and really enjoy it all. Remember to follow me on Twitter at TheFFStreamer. Hit me up with any start-sit decisions, any ad-drops, you know, with buys. There's a lot going on right now, so hit me up with any questions. You can at me, you can DM me, whatever. I'd be glad to help you out. And on Twitter, we're also giving away a signed Devontae Adams and a signed Amari Cooper jersey. We'll be giving away those in the next week. So all you have to do is follow on Twitter. And I will announce winners next week. But without further ado, let's get into the streamers. We'll start at the quarterback position. Week number five. Streamer number one is uh, Blake Bortles. He gets to take on the Chiefs. Um, he's, on, he's only owned in about 18% of leagues. And right now he's the quarterback 10 on the season. Uh, right This year, so far, he's averaging 273 yards passing, uh, 1.75 touchdowns, so almost two touchdowns a game. And then 0.75 interceptions, so almost a full interception a game. He's completing 65% of his passes. He's adding another 30 yards rushing on the ground, which is really nice because that's almost another, you know, 80 yards passing. And his passer rating is 93.6. So again, he's just a really solid quarterback so far this year. The Chiefs are giving up 343 yards and over two touchdowns a game while only getting about half an interception a game, so they only have two in four games. They're giving up 65% completion percentage and over um, 100.1 passer rating. So the Chiefs, not great. Against the quarterback position, Blake Bortles, really average, do above average starter, but this is more of the matchup than it is Bortles. The Chiefs are bottom five in giving up over 24.5 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. And this game for me is is a bit of an unknown game script-wise. I don't know what to expect from Mahomes going up against that Jags D. I'd argue you have the number one offense in the league going against the number one defense in the league. So we could see, you know, a, a 17-13 game, you know, a really... A really tough defensive battle but we could also see you know last year in the playoffs the Jaguars and Steelers had a 45-42 game and you know that's very possible too obviously if it's a shootout like that Bortles is going to have a huge day but you know he might just have 250-300 yards and two touchdowns which absolutely fine to pick up off the waivers and stream so I'm firing up Bortles with no hesitation the uh, second streamer we have is Ryan Tannehill. He gets to play in Cincinnati. He's only owned in about 32% of leagues. Right now, he's only averaging 196 yards and just under two touchdowns a game. Um, he's completing about 70% of his passes with uh, a rating over 106. And so that says to me, you know, he's he's completing a lot of a lot of his passes. He's got a good passer rating. He's not turning the ball over, but he's also not throwing for a lot of yards. So you know, Tannehill seems to be taking what the defense is giving him. And obviously, they're not giving him a whole lot in some of these games. Last week, he only threw for 100 yards against the Patriots. But the Bengals are not great against the pass. And so I think 
If Tannehill is going to be conservative, he's going to be efficient, he's going to be safe with the ball and take what the, the defense gives him, I think the Bengals are going to give him some stuff. So the Bengals are giving up three, over 315 yards a game, almost three touchdowns pass in a game, um, a completion percentage over 67%, um, a 99.2 passer rating. And, you know, so far this year, everyone's been all over the Chiefs' defense and how bad they are against everything. And it's just... You know, you stream whoever the Chiefs are playing. You, you know, I illustrated the numbers when I was talking about Bortles, about how bad the Chiefs' defense is. But, I mean, the Bengals' defense is, like, right there with them. They're they're very similar. You know, the Chiefs are giving up 30 yards more a game. But other than that, like, they're giving up less passing touchdowns than the Bengals. Um, the Bengals and Chiefs are neck and neck in fantasy points given up. The Chiefs are giving up 24.5. The Bengals giving up 24.2 to the quarterback position. That's fifth and sixth worst in the NFL. And so as much heat as the Chiefs have taken, I think the Bengals day has kind of slid under the radar. And I think that they're they're a really good matchup for opposing quarterbacks. And um, I don't think you're going to get 400 yards and four touchdowns from Tannehill. But I think he's a pretty safe play to get. 220 to 250 yards maybe you know 280 and two touchdowns so if you have a really solid team maybe a quarterback's on a bye maybe you're streaming but you know your running backs wide receivers tight ends everything's kind of set you're confident you got really safe safe floor with your, your lineup this week and you want to throw a really safe quarterback in there i think Tannehill's a really safe quarterback so the third quarterback is Derek Carr. He gets to take on the Chargers in L.A. Not that that's much of a road game, I'm sure. Not only is it going to take an hour to get to the stadium from Oakland, but I can guarantee there's going to be more Raider fans than there are Charger fans at that one. But it is a road game. Um, Carr's only owned about 20% of leagues. He's averaging 340 uh, yards passing um, but right now he's averaging one and a half touchdowns a game with one and a half interceptions which is not ideal but I think this is a plus matchup for him he's completing over 70% of his passes which is I mean that's amazing um, the Chargers are giving up um, almost 290 yards and two and a half touchdowns a game um, over 65 or 64% completion percentage I beg your pardon and a pass rating of over 100. And so I think this is going to be a good game script for Carr. I think the uh, Raiders are second last in the NFL in points allowed. So I think the Chargers are going to score. And that's going to force the Raiders to score. And an interesting stat I found here is the Raiders are, are second last in points allowed. You know, they're 31st in the NFL. But they've played Miami and Denver as two of their four games. Denver's 23rd in scoring, Miami's 24th. So they've played two bottom 10 teams in scoring, and they're still second last in points allowed. So, you know, I think that this Chargers could score a lot here, and I think the Raiders are going to have to score to keep up, and I think the Raiders can. Um, I don't think that... I thought coming into the season, the Chargers had a pretty good defense, but they've they've been very, very hit and miss. They're not the same without Bosa in the lineup, and so... I think this game's going to be high scoring. It's going to have a good over-under. I think Carr is going to be a, a great streaming option this week. He's the one. Um, if Bortles isn't available, you know, I'm going for Carr everywhere I can. All right, let's switch it over to the running back position. 
This guy is only owned in 55% of leagues, and he should be owned in 99% of leagues. You need to pick him up. You need to spend your waiver priority. You need to spend your fab to get Aaron Jones on your roster. Last week, he rushed 11 times for 65 yards and a touchdown. He caught his only target for another 17 yards. He's averaging 6.3 yards a carry this season, and Jamal Williams is only averaging 3.4. I have said it said it last year. I said it on the offseason. Even though he was suspended, he is the best runner of the football. He's the best running back on this team. His biggest efficiency is pass protection, and Jamal Williams is a great pass protector, and that's really the only reason that we're getting the splits that we are. If Aaron Jones can run away with this job later in the season, he will help win you your league. You want him on your roster because he, I mean, he's a great play this week. I'll go over some numbers as to why, but not only this week, you know, this is someone you want on your roster moving forward. Pro Football Focus in week four had Aaron Jones as the number three running back in the NFL. So he had a phenomenal week. I mean, he's not the number three running back for the season. Don't get me wrong. He's he's not amazing, but he's he's good. He's a good runner of the football He's on a good offense. You're never going to stack the box with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He, you know, Aaron Jones is just someone you need to target. If he's still available in your league, you need to get him. As far as week five goes, Detroit is 32nd, or as I say, the worst in the NFL, giving up 150 rush yards a game and over 5.3 yards an attempt. Like, they're awful against running backs. You saw what Zeke did to them last week. Aaron Jones is capable of that. I don't know he's going to get the same workload that Zeke did, but he's going to get touches. Like he's just a, he's a great start this week, and like I said, he's someone you you need on your roster if he's still available. The second running back, uh, T.J. Yeldon, he gets to take on the Chiefs. Um, as I've mentioned with the Bortles argument, the Chiefs are bad across the board. They're awful across the board. They give up chunk plays. They give up rushing yards, passing yards to the running backs. They give up lots of points. I mean, the Chiefs are just just bad everywhere. On top of that, Yeldon's an RB1 right now, averaging over 15 fantasy points a game. Leonard Fournette's hamstring has been lingering basically all season. I don't think it's going away, like, very soon. I think it's one of those soft tissue injuries that's going to take some time they sat him on a couple weeks it wasn't enough it makes me think they're gonna have to sit him at least a couple more to really get him right I don't think they want to risk his long-term health they don't want to rush him back and have him gone for season so I do not expect Fournette to play and I think Yeldon is an RB1 this week I absolutely think he's a top 12 running back the Chiefs are 28th in rushing yards allowed 32nd in yards per attempt 32nd in passing yards given up to the running back position at well over 100 yards a game. I think you fire up Yeldon everywhere you can. He's only owned in 47% of leagues. And I, again, I think that this is someone you stream this week. He's going to give you great production. I would stream him over Jones if you were strictly talking streaming. Jones, I would pick up ahead of Yeldon in priority just because, like I said, I think Jones is going to be the starting running back at some point this season. Yeldon is going to win you your league if Fournette misses a significant part of the time, including, you know, the fantasy playoffs. Um, and, I mean, 
for all I know, Fournette is, has been injury-prone his entire life. He could miss a lot of this season. But regardless, we're talking week five right now. Yeldon's in a, a fantastic play. Again, spend your priorities, spend your fab, go get Yeldon. If Fournette misses time, again, Yeldon could absolutely be a league winner. Because there, there are those guys every season that you don't really, you know, they don't have the flashing names, they don't have the, the great situations that they come out, and they win you your league. Um, I know some people have been like, oh, well, Yeldon had his chance to be the running back, and he wasn't very good, and that's why they had to draft Fournette. And to a certain certain extent, like, yes, he wasn't great, but the offense was bad, Bortles was younger, the offensive line was really bad. You know, this is a different team, a much better offense, a much better receiving core. You know, they're not stacking the box to the same degree they could when Yeldon was a rookie. And so there's just a lot of moving parts. But Yeldon, he's a much better player now. And he was, he's a much better play. You know, again, go out, get him. I'm getting him everywhere I can. I actually already own him in a number of leagues because... I've seen this coming for a while. So he's still available in more than half the league. So go out and get TJ Yeldon. And the uh, the third running back here is a bit of a deeper play. He's a, a PPR play. I'm not thrilled to start him. Um, I think he's, he's a great matchup this week. But it's Naheem Hines. He gets to take on the Patriots in New England. So tough matchup for the Colts on the road in New England. But I think that's... Part of why Hines is a good play is it's going to be the game script. There's going to be no T.Y. Hilton. It's unlikely Doyle, Jack Doyle is going to be back. Football Outsiders it has the Patriots as the 25th best against receiving running backs or receiving yards to the running back position. So you got to think that the Patriots are going to be leading. you got to think the Colts have been checking down more often than not already you got to think the Patriots aren't going to give up big chunk plays, especially with Hilton out of the lineup, those big plays to the Colts. So, you know, the Colts are going to be more methodical drives than they are big plays to Hilton. Um, Hines, in his four games, his target numbers, week one, 9, 1, 5, 11. And his reception numbers are 7, 1, 5, and 9. And that one-for-one one, one game, the Colts were leading throughout against the Redskins. I don't expect them to be leading at all or much this game. And so in the games where the Colts have lost, um, he's averaging seven receptions on eight targets. And, you know, that's great to pick up off the waiver wire, especially in a deeper league. Like I said, he's only owned in 15% of league. So if, if Hines is the number one running back on your waiver wire to target, you know, you're, you're in a fairly deep league. And so to get... Seven receptions on eight targets. There's going to be touchdown upside. And there's going to be yardage plays. Because, like I said, I think the Pats are going to be leading throughout. And the Colts are going to have to throw the ball. And and Hines is going to be in there a lot. So, I'm not thrilled to start him. Obviously, like I said, Jones and Yeldon, I'm targeting. And I'm spending much more fab than I am on Hines. But if you miss out on those guys, or again, if you're in a deeper league, you can throw Hines in your flex. He's not going to hurt you. And, you know, if he blows up this week, it's on Thursday night. And the the good part about having someone on Thursday night is if they do great, you know, you can be more conservative setting the rest of your lineup for Sunday. And if, you know, they only get 
six, seven points, then you know, again, you can set your lineup accordingly. All right, let's go over to the wide receiver position. First off, uh, Mike Williams. Again, he's still only only about 53% of leagues. He's averaging 12 fantasy points per game already, which is you know great. You know, if you can get 12 points a game out of him, that's awesome. I th again, um, I mentioned this earlier when I was talking about cars. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Oakland's 31st in points allowed. Uh, the Chargers are a great offense. You know, you have Philip Rivers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Melvin Gordon. These guys are going to move the ball. They're going to put up points. And Oakland's, according to Football Outsiders, they're 25th best against wide receiver twos. So they're average, they're middle of the pack against wide receiver ones, but those matchups are going to Keenan Allen. They're not good against wide receiver twos. And so I think Mike Williams has a very safe floor. You know, I think he's going to get 50, 60 yards at least. And, you know, he's got two maybe even if he blows up three touchdown upside which is tough to find on the waivers so i think he's a he's a fine play i have no issue streaming him um again with injuries buys those sorts of things he's he's a fine play the second wide receiver we have is geronimo allison you might be surprised to hear that he is the leading receiver on the green bay packers he's leading them in receiving yards averaging over 72 yards a game and half a touchdown so he's scoring every other week on top of his 72-yard average. And, I mean, this is pretty straightforward, right? Like, you want a piece of the Aaron Rodgers offense. I think by the end of the season, Devontae Adams is going to lead that team in receiving, so I'm not going to say you're getting the leading receiver. But, I mean, through four weeks, you're, you're getting the leading receiver of Aaron Rodgers' offense. I don't know what more you could want off of the wait for wire, right? Like, that's that's great. Detroit is 14th best against wide receiver twos, 30th against wide receiver threes. So they're average if you consider Allison the two. They're almost the worst if you consider him the three with a healthy Randall Cobb. Um, again, Cobb has been a question mark much of the past few years. He's again this week. So I'm not 100% sure what to expect of Cobb, but Adams is going to get his. And right now, Geronimo's getting his, so... The Lions are a good offense. I'm not saying they're going to put up 40 on the Packers, but the Lions are going to move the ball. They're going to score. Aaron Rodgers is first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to move the ball. The Packers are going to score. Like I said with Jones, I think they're going to run the ball on the Packers or on the Lions a lot. But that's going to put Geronimo in the red zone. Again, I think he's a fine play. You're getting the Packers' leading receiver off of waivers, and I would do that eight days a week if I could third wide receiver we have is second on his team in targets and second on his team in receptions and he plays behind Julio Jones uh, I know you're thinking it's Calvin Ridley but it's Mohamed Sanu Calvin Ridley has six touchdowns or everyone would be talking about Mohamed Sanu you know if Sanu had three or four of those touchdowns he would be the hotness Calvin Ridley just got hot with the touchdowns, and that's the only reason that he's miles ahead of Sanu. Is he a better prospect and receiver than Sanu? Yes. Probably. Not here to argue that whatsoever. What I'm saying is, like I said, Sanu's second on the team in targets and receptions. Matty Ice is on fire. He's averaging like 330 yards a game. Pittsburgh's giving up 320 yards a game. This game is going to have a huge over-under. There's going to be a ton of points scored here. A ton of points unless there's uh, you know like 
an awful weather, um, some sort of huge rainstorm in Pittsburgh, this game is going to have a million points scored. Mohamed Sanu is going to be a great play. You know, a great play. And he, again, he's just flying under the radar because Calvin Ridley has, has caught lightning in a bottle here for a couple weeks. So, Sanu's only owned in 49% of leagues. With injuries, with buys, whatever it is, he is a great flex play. All right, and sticking in that same game, we'll switch over the tight end position. Vance McDonald, he's only owned in 31% of leagues. He's averaging about 66 yards and half a touchdown a game. And again, this game is just going to be a shootout. It's going to have a very high over-under. You're just looking for a piece of that offense. The tight end landscape is very thin right now. And I mean, like, very thin. And so if you can pick McDonald up off waivers, throw him in there. You know, if he's averaging 60 yards a game, if you get that, you're happy on top of, you know, there's going to be a lot of points here. So um, there's there's a touchdown upside for sure. The second tight end we have is Austin Safarian Jenkins. He's only about 26% of leagues. He plays the Chiefs. Um, all of the arguments I made for Bortles, uh, they all stand here. The Chiefs are... 31st against the tight end position, according to Football Outsiders. They're 29th in fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. So they just can't defend anyone, and the tight end is included in that. Um, again, I'm I'm torn. I, I see the world where this is a 17-13 game. Um, I see, you know, similar to the, the Denver game, a 27-23 game. And I see the world where this is a 45-42 game. I don't know what to expect. But... If you're desperate, again, you throw him in there. They're one of the worst teams against the tight end, so you got to think he's going to get 40 or so yards, um, maybe 60 receiving. But I think if you play him, you're really hoping for that touchdown. 40 yards of touchdown you know, is going to be 12, 13 points, and you're going to be laughing. And uh, the last tight end is Tyler Croft, who's not really owned anywhere for obvious reasons. Um, he's Tyler Eifert's backup tight end. Uh, last season, Eifert missed most of the oh, most of the year, and Croft was the tight end 15. Do I think Croft is a phenomenal player at the tight end position? Do I think he's a game breaker? No, but Miami's given up 60 yards a game in the tight end position, and like I said, the tight end landscape is just brutal right now. There's so many injuries, and so finding a starting tight end in some leagues is really hard to come by. So I think. If you can pick him up, if he's the tight end 15 like he was last year, you're A-OK -okay with that at this point. Um, some bonus names to keep an eye on. Austin Hooper, um, I talked about him a, quite a bit last week. Um, the Steelers are 22nd against the tight end position, according to Football Outsiders. 32nd in points given up, or fantasy points given up to the tight end position. And like I said, that game's... I think it's going to be a shootout, huge over-under. You're just grabbing a piece of that offense. Um, if Cameron Brait is on your waiver wire, I know he's on a bye. If you can afford to stash him, I would. Like I said, given all the injuries, tight ends are hard to come by. Jameis Winston loves Cameron Brait. I don't know what it is, but those two have chemistry. Last year with Jameis, Cameron Brait was the tight end nine. He was a top 10 tight end, and you saw it. Um... Jameis came in the second half this past week because they were getting blown up by the Bears, and he threw a touchdown to Brait. 
um, those two, especially in the red zone, they just have a connection. And so if you can pick him up, stash him for a week, you're going to have your tight end for most of the rest of the year, if not the entire rest of the year, and you're going to be really happy with it. So go look for Cameron Brait. He already had a low ownership percentage on top of it being their bye week, so there's a very good chance he's available. Go scoop him up. If you don't, you might regret it. And the last one, again, a really deep one. It's on Thursday night. Gronk has been banged up. He might not play Thursday. I know Edelman's coming back, and he works in the middle of the field, much like Gronk. So Dwayne Allen might be a bit of a risky play, but again, deep leagues, tight ends had to come by. Dwayne Allen playing his former team, which players care about, coaches care about. They're going to, if, you know, if, Gronk doesn't play, and Dwayne Allen becomes part of the game plan. They're going to try to use him a bit. So, again, not someone I'm thrilled to start, but keep an eye on him, especially if Gronk's out. And let's switch over the defenses here. So the Titans, pretty straightforward. They've been a really good defense this year. They get the Bills. The Packers can shout out the Bills. I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans did, too. Obviously, it's the NFL. I assume the Bills are going to score, but... The Titans are great, really good defense, really solid. They play the Bills, a really bad offense. I like that. I don't know if the Titans are going to score 30 fantasy points, 20 fantasy points. But I think they're going to, again, shut down the Bills for the most part and get you 7 to 10 points, which from a defense, you're, you're just fine with. Broncos, they get the Jets. I love this matchup. The Broncos have a really good pass defense. I know they just gave up 300 yards to Mahomes, but at this point, I don't think... Anyone's going to stop Mahomes from getting 300 yards. We're going to find out this week when he plays the Jaguars, but uh, I digress. Um, the Broncos get the Jets. Good defense, good pass defense. The Jets have Sam Darnold, who, I mean, he's been a turnover machine in college. He came to the NFL. He started throwing picks in the NFL. I think it's just a recipe for, for success, I think. Vaughn Miller is going to get to the quarterback. Bradley Chubb, you know, I think they're going to sack Darnold. He's going to hold the ball a little too long. On a couple plays, they're going to get to him. And he's going to throw some picks. You know, I think this this could get messy for Donald. Um, it's just a bad matchup for him. And finally, the Panthers defense. Um, the Panthers defense hasn't been phenomenal or anything. They've just been really solid. But they're coming off a bye. They're at home against the Giants. And the Giants just haven't done a whole lot to scare me. I, I can't see them torching the Panthers so much that the Panthers defense you know has two or three fantasy points or negative fantasy points I think that the Panthers are just a super safe like seven fantasy points so if that's what you're looking for to stream then by all means fire them up like I said I'm not scared whatsoever of the Giants offense I want to be I really do coming into this year I was a big believer in in the Shermer offense, helping turn that team around. Love Sterling Shepard as a wide receiver, too. He's been the stream uh, candidate for me, but his uh, ownership percentage is too high. But, again, I own him everywhere. I want to believe in the Giants, but I just, yeah, I don't. Don't believe in them that they're going to tear the Panthers apart. So that does it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Again, hit me up on Twitter at TheFFStreamer. Any questions you have, let me know. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Happy streaming.